Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 The Yakuza Kick Radio. This is the Bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio, Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night. This is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio. And we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Fine, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, bearded dragon in the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn. He had this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Mann. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you didn't. Now look at that doc, you homie. Fuck that. Black dude. Holly. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, J. Cat Morris. Uh, tonight is our third annual Cage of Death review show with my guest, as always, Nico Sozio. What's going on, man? What's going on, J. Cat? Uh, I'm excited. I'm sure you're excited. Uh, I got to be honest, I've probably been looking forward to this more than Christmas. You know, so, uh, <laughs> so here we go, baby. I, I drank some coffee. I took some Alpha Brain. I'm juiced to the fucking gills. So let's bury some motherfuckers, shall we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, why not? Uh, <laughs> Cage of Death 20. Uh, Cage of Death 20 is obviously, and that's a huge number for any company to hit, you know, on a big show. So 
I think Absolutely. the expectation should be high for this show. I, I mean, that's just, just my opinion on it. Yeah. Right. So um, I, I think all criticism coming forth from this is because it's 20 years. It should be a milestone show for any company. And, you know, bringing it back to the arena, which is a risky move when, you know, they're all-time low attendance on a month-to-month basis. Um, sure. So bringing it to the arena is kind of crazy. But um, On a Sunday, on a Sunday night, no less. Yeah. So they went out there and drew, I don't know, what do you think they drew, 600? Yeah, we'll say roughly that. I mean, I spoke to somebody that was there, and, and, and they guesstimated somewhere between 450 and 500. So, you know, give or take. A hundred people, like who, who knows for sure, and, and certainly who knows at this point, considering all we've found out and heard in the last couple of months, how many people actually paid, and who was just, uh, and how many. Uh, I, I'm sure a lot of it was papered. You know what I mean? You paper the room, right? But uh, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, probably probably five six hundred. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's low for Cage of Death, more than their average shows these days. But Cage of Death twenty should have really, you know the building oh i mean it's it's short it's short by a thousand fucking people you know what i mean like uh, a standard used to be 1500 for cage of death so you know you're missing a thousand people you know yeah with onita in the building which is you know its own thing we'll get at (laughs) (laughs) right right um so yeah i'll just get right into the show um the show starts out with a young dumb and broke they come out rapping and they shouldn't um, the ring looks like a sweet sixteen <laughs> party. Oh, They're all boy. standing there in the yeah. ring, and the shit looks like uh, I don't know. Like, it, it's ridiculous. Who uh, who is the fucking rapper guy? Like that was the first question on my mind. I was like, who's this fucking guy? Is he in the group, or is he just some fucking independent dude that does their music? Like I don't even know who that is. No it idea. wasn't good, that's for sure. It definitely wasn't no. good. Um, but uh, I, I got to be honest. Uh, I kind of like this group, and here's why. For one, okay. only for one reason. I I like Young Dumb and Broke because they believe they're bullshit. You know what I mean? And that is such an important part of wrestling. Like you have to go out there and believe whatever it is that you are, and and they do, and they and they do that pretty well. But past that, it's all bad. <laughs> it's yeah. all bad. But, uh, but, yeah, I like that they believe they're bullshit and that they're into their gimmick. Uh, but past that, you know, it's, it's not very good. Yeah. I mean, no question about it. It's definitely bullshit. Um, yeah. Well, uh, so th- this match is like I I watched it live, and then I ended up going back and like, trying to rewatch it and take notes and stuff like that. When I went back to rewatch it to take notes, this match made me mad enough I had to, like, leave it for a few days and um, – <laughs> Come back to it. Um, yeah, yeah, they yeah. went into a punch exchange in this match that made me wonder if it's at all possible for the ceiling to collapse and completely end everything I was watching. <laughs> uh, sure, sure, sure. Uh, what also too like what is what is a sauce god? What is that? Because that's what Jordan Oliver. He's a sauce guy. I, yeah, I, like I'm just looking at my notes here, and I'm like, what is a sauce guy? I, you know, maybe 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 I'm just not hip to the times anymore. You know, being 36 years old, I don't, I don't, I'm not hip to all, all the the cool lingo that the kids say or whatever. But I just, right. you know, I didn't know what that was. Yeah, you know, I've definitely crossed over into um, 
admitting that at 40 years old now, I'm definitely that guy that just goes, that's not music and shakes my fist at things. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because, yeah, I'm there, dude. I'm there. Yeah, I'm there. Yeah. It's, it's but, so uh, much trash these days. But, um, so Jordan, uh, Jordan kicks the other kid in the face cause he's terrible. And, uh, he's yeah, visibly yeah, bleeding that. right off the bat. Um, I mean, yeah, <laughs> what was your thought yeah. on that, man? I mean, well, I, I, I rewound that part once or twice just to see where Navarro got opened up. And I was like, you know, the, the announcer said he hit his nose on the steps or something, obviously trying to cover up whatever happened. And it happened when Oliver was giving him a bunch of like these stiff kicks in the corner. Well, I don't even know if they were stiff, but they were just reckless. Like they were just all over yeah. the place. I, I don't know what you were aiming for. I mean, whether you know this or not, like a big part of professional wrestling is obviously working together and feeding. And you have to feed a surface to your uh, to the person putting heat on you. You feed them your chest. You feed them your back. You feed them your head, your face, the back of your head, whatever. Like you give them the opening. But yeah. if there isn't an opening, if there is no opening, you don't swing on the person. You know what I mean? Right. Or or you make the opening. You have to create that space to make it safe. But you know, obviously, we're dealing with <clears throat> we're dealing with like two fifteen, sixteen year olds that that don't have that that knowledge or that experience yet. So they're just and they're and they're out there full of piss and vinegar. It's cage of death, and, and they're and they're stiffing the balls off of each other. So. It happened, one of those kicks obviously caught Navarro on the bridge of the nose, or maybe it was a kick pad or something like that. So, uh, but I, I thought it was really shitty. I would have been fucking pissed off. Um, but I, I, was never, I was never really the type to, like, come back at somebody in the ring because they hurt me. You know what I mean? I, I would have just dealt with it and chalked it up as an accident and moved on. But, no, it, it was fucked up, and it was just sloppy. Like, and overall, I just, I just wrote down that the match was sloppy, I gave it two fucking stars. I have a five-star rating system. <laughs> yeah, I gave it two stars. Because <laughs> uh, it, it just start to finish, it was really sloppy. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, well, you said he created an opening, and he, he did. He opened them right around the nose. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. You know, um, that's but, not what I meant, but sure. That's not what I meant, but sure. And I, you but, know, I uh, guess I the announcers like, have uh, to uh, – go ahead. No, I'm sorry. You go ahead. You go ahead. Um, I I get the announcers have to like put everything over and do the best they can, and I don't like Emil J at all. But um, so I got to point some things out. But uh, he he said that Jordan comes charging into the corner, and like when I looked at it, I'm like I definitely described that as frolicking. I don't know about charging. Like he's got to scamper into the corner. This <laughs> uh, is fucking crazy. But um, um, I I will say also that uh, I like I like Navarro. Uh. I think he's a he's a natural athlete. Uh, I think he's a lot more crisp in the ring than than Oliver. Um, and that's not to say that Oliver couldn't be good. He's just still growing into his body. Like you know, he, right. th- that kid has obviously experienced a growth spurt in the last year or two, and and doesn't he's not comfortable in his in his shell yet. But uh, Navarro could be very good. It's just unfortunate that he looks like he's eleven years old. So, yeah. like, <laughs> until he kind of looks more mature and fills out a little bit, it's going to be hard to take him seriously against bigger opponents, you know? Yeah. My biggest problem with this, too, is, you know, these kids are young. So, I mean, I can criticize them right. for this and that. And maybe in five years they're awesome. But 
I think the biggest problem is they're being put on Cage of Death in a title match where, again, you go back years ago, we've talked about it. These are two kids that would have got squashed by the hate club if they were lucky. Yes. Yep. Yeah, it's it's definitely, it's a different standard. It's a different standard now. Yeah. So, I I think being put in that spotlight where all of a sudden you're, you're forced to have a, well, not forced, but you're allowed to have a title match on what's supposed to be the biggest show of the year. That's 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 a high bar to reach, and I don't think these guys are equipped for that at all. No, it's it's definitely too high of a level and and too much pressure for those two at their experience level, at their age, at their and, and, and looking the way they do. Like, I mean, come on, dude. Like, Jordan Oliver looks like a fucking grown-up Hey Arnold. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, like you know, like, come on. He's so fucking skinny, man. He's so skinny. And you have, and you have basically the equivalent to CZW's intercontinental title on him. You know what I mean? I, I get it. Yeah. I get it. It is important. Like, I used to preach for years that CZW needs to focus on their home talent and their homegrown talent and make their own stars. This isn't what the fuck I meant. <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. That's not what I mean. I'm not saying put a belt on a broomstick and, 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 and expect the people to fucking like it and accept it. You know what I mean? But I digress. Yeah. But you know what, though? DJ went on countless interviews mm-hmm. and everything else and called Schlack green and said he can't use Schlack. Schlack's still too green. He's too green. He's super over everywhere he went. His promos are absolute gold. He's the type of guy that CZW used to be about, you know. I mean, you'd put that guy in front of a crowd, a CZW crowd, and they're going bananas, you know. And he's too green, but then these kids are just right. It's like, well, I mean, what is it? Yeah, like Schlack Schlack would have fit in perfectly as a third man with Toby Klein and Necro Butcher. You know what I mean? Or he would have worked in perfectly into, like, cult fiction or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but honestly, dude, I can tell you from experience, what it boils down to is jealousy. DJ doesn't like when anybody gets themselves over and like, he can't either claim responsibility for getting them over or, mm-hmm. or he'll hate the fact that somebody got themselves way more over than he ever will be, you know? And you, you see that kind of shit time and time again, you know? Yeah. Um, so the next match, uh, rep versus blackout, um, out, out comes the nation of Islam through the curtain. <laughs> um, <laughs> the the rapper heals, and uh, you know they get a face pop right off the bat. The announcers start pitching. This is because they're from Philly, and it's like hold the fuck up. Like two two of the blackout members are from Philly, and you know they've been right, in CGW a long right. fucking time. So I don't know what you're trying right. to sell here, but it's bad. It's really bad. Right. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. But uh yeah. um oh <laughs> I'm looking at my notes here. I put I put is Dave McCall on all the gas or not? Because <laughs> <laughs> like he just he just looks really good right now. I'm not saying he's on the gas. I was just fucking around because you know, black people they could just fucking walk into a gym and get jacked, whereas I have to fucking work really hard, so that's not fair. I hey, I'm just making jokes, people. I'm just fucking around. But, uh, no, he looks really good right now. His fucking abs are tremendous. And, and quite frankly, I'm just jealous. Um, but, uh, no, they, he looks really good. Um, I'm really happy for those two because 
Nate and Dave have always been really good guys, always been really respectful, always worked hard. I'm glad to see that they're coming into their own. Uh, I'm glad to see that they're getting recognition and getting to work elsewhere. Um, it's much, much deserved, much earned. Um, I don't really like the addition of Chris Bishop in the group. I don't think he adds anything. You know what I mean? Like if you're, if you're going to, if you're going to have an enforcer, he should probably be bigger than Nate and Dave, not half their size. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? Like they should have some monster fucking guy in the back. Uh, and, and, and like the fucking dude put himself through a table, like 60 seconds into the match. Like, come on, man. It looks so stupid. It just looked like, all right, here we go. I'm going to do this. Like, ah, come on, man. But, uh, um, and, uh, I'm sorry, you go ahead. No, it's just, I, I like the rep as a team. Um, I think they're solid. I think, again, as far as homegrown CZW, these are the guys you want to kind of put on and month in and month out and let them shine. And I always liked um, Maven as, like, an on-screen guy. They, they had him in the back a bunch yeah. of times. And, you know, DJ out there looking at the ceiling when he's supposed to be talking and stuff. And Maven's just always been a better <laughs> on-screen guy. Yeah, Maven's the goods, man. He, uh, I mean, some people, you know, I guess – think that maybe he he's been overused or he, I, I would kind of equate Maven to sort of uh the Triple H and Stephanie of CZW whereas like any any time you kind of need a, an authority or a heel or somebody he he fits that role you know what I mean and he does it perfectly so uh you know and, and it's good that he's able to kind of come out and and revamp himself or reinvent himself a little bit uh I think he definitely helps uh, as a mouthpiece for the rep. Um, so, so that's cool. Um, and, and I mean, I, for the match though, I just thought for, for, I guess the feud and the angle, it was just really short. Like the whole thing was six and a half minutes, but mm -hmm. I get it because I get it because of the angle that they did with G, you know what I mean? I, but right. just overall, I, I guess I felt the, the match just felt really rushed as I was watching it. I was like, okay, the one guy's through a table in two minutes. Dave was through a table in four minutes. G's went through a table at like the six minute mark. I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? Like, slow down. Like, I just feel like that match, it probably should have been before it. If, if they didn't do the angle with G's, it should have been longer and right before intermission. Uh, but uh, I get it. It was short and sweet because of the, the turn with G's. Yeah. I mean, I thought the, the turn with G's was good. You know, I, I mean, Really, he's the guy who's continued to push himself in that group. Um, you know, I, I've always sure. been friends with Ruckus and, uh, you know, one of my favorite people of, uh, that I've ever met through wrestling and everything. And, you know, Robbie, he, he was always a good dude to me. But, uh, I mean, Robbie's horrendous. Um, I, I really can't put it in a nice way. <laughs> I mean, he's just – he's terrible. <laughs> um, he's been in the, the business and been part of wrestling and a wrestler for uh, – almost the 20 years or probably the 20 years that CZW has been in existence. And it's yeah, so yeah, ridiculously yeah. awkward. It's unbelievable. Um, Ruckus is really <laughs> big again. And I think Ruckus is more or less just gotten used to and comfortable working like those shindy shows at Robbie and stuff. Cause I, I mean, there was a point he was CZW world champion and there wasn't like a question about it. You know, he was initially like a cruiserweight guy that, you know, went right, to be right. big time that the blackout got so big, he was portraying himself so big and no one questioned him being world champion, which is, you know, a pretty high standard in ZZW. At least it was. Yeah. 
and he, and he was in tremendous shape at that time around 2006, 2007. Like he, he was in the, you know, unbelievably good shape. Like he lost a ton of weight. His arms were huge. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he, he, he was even better at being, uh, at his style than he ever was. Um, yeah. but no, I, I know, I know what you're saying. Um, I, I think that him and Robbie, like, I think they still kind of work the gimmick because it, it, it works for them. You know what I mean? Like if they can, if they can travel around and, and work the shows that they like to work and still make the money that they want to make and sell some merch and do whatever they got to do, you know, more power to them. But I, I understand what you're saying. Uh, you, you, you know, you're, you're looking at ruckus and, he, and it's kind of a shell of what he used to be, but obviously yeah. he could still go. Uh, he could definitely still go and uh, he still knows exactly what he's doing. And, he knows at this point also he doesn't have to necessarily do all of the shit that he used to do because he's over. You know what I mean? Especially at CZW. Yeah. But I think Ruckus, you know, back in the day had what, if he continued to push himself, Ring of Honor was booking him. He was getting bookings where, you know, some other guys weren't. And um, I think he continued to push himself. He's one of these guys that would be sitting in NXT right now. He's got something different. You know, it, yeah, it, he's, he's got like a different look. He's got a different style than a lot of people out there. And he, he was always very innovative. And I think at some point he kind of just hit cruise control, but you know, whatever works for him. I know what you mean, but uh, I mean, one of the last times I went to his house and we hung out, he did actually tell me a story and I'll, I'll let him come on one day and tell you the full story. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, probably around 2007 when he was CCW champ and that era that you were talking about, um, he did get a couple opportunities to go showcase for WWE uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and go do, do some extra work and do some, uh, some TVs and things like that. And, uh, but, but like I said, I'll, I'll let him tell that story another day because that's, that's his business. And if he wants yeah. to share that, you know, that's, that's up to him. But he, he did have some opportunities. Some things didn't go his way for one reason or another. And, and whether or not that discouraged him, uh, I don't, I don't, I can't say for sure. You know what I mean? So like I said, I'll, I'll leave that up to him to talk about another day. Sure. Yeah. I don't mean it to just shit on him or anything like that. Cause like I said, <laughs> sure. I, no, I, 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 love I don't think he, yeah, I, I don't think he would take it that way. I, I really don't. But you know, when you like, when you like a guy and you see <laughs> the way that he's, um, he's developing, he, he's, his stock just keeps climbing and climbing. He keeps getting better and better. Like, you know, down the road when you see all these other people succeeding, you want to see, you know, your guy right there with him, you know, and it's... Sure, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, he deserves it. He 100% deserves it. And and I think something that Robbie said, uh, to his credit, uh, and, and I think Claude may have relayed this to me, but something that Robbie said that makes a lot of sense, and it pertains to guys like me, Derek Frazier, uh, Ruckus, Robbie, like... We got into wrestling at the worst possible time for us personally, in the sense that when we started, WWE was, you know, the land of the big men. If you weren't 6'2", 220, you didn't even get a look. And then right. we all sort of, we all sort of petered out and, you know, uh, took a step out of the business or slowed down or started to wind down. Now, when all you need is a little, like a big enough Twitter following and you get an NXT contract. You know what I mean? So like right. we, we, we just missed like the social media wave because 
I think Robbie said this on another podcast. Like, if, if social media was around back when, like, they were doing stuff with Human Tornado, like, there's no doubt that they would all be in WWE. All of them. Blackout would be on NXT, and, and there would be no such thing as New Day. You know what I mean? There would be no New Day because there would be Blackout, you know? Right, but Robbie would have to be a manager. He'd have to realize that's where his strength is and, and stop playing the games and, mm. and trying to be out there in the ring because he just he exposes himself fast. That, that end bump with the, bump, uh, with the table – he looked like a toddler. He looked like like if you pick up a toddler and they're they're trying to like look behind them to see where they're going. Like that's that's what he looked like. I'm like, look at this grown ass man, like in the other guy's arms, looking like where are we going? Well, I don't know why Nate picked him up that way. Like I I don't know why he picked he like cradled him instead of like holding him over his back. Like I don't. He just picked him up. Like he was like, all right, let's go, honey. Let's go, sweetie. Like we're going to bed. It was crazy. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why they did that. Like, but I didn't have but then, dessert. But then, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because you, well you didn't eat your green beans. So come on. <laughs> But uh, but then it, I guess after the match, fucking uh, Gangone comes out, cuts a promo, and sets up him and Red versus the ref, which I think could be good. I think Gangone and like to to, but like Red should have been back for this show. Like you know Absolutely. what I mean? Like if you like, what the fuck? Have Red on the anniversary show. I mean, not anniversary show, but anniversary of Cage Death. You know. But, you know, again, who knows? Who knows why that didn't happen that night? But I I do think that that could be a good match, Ref versus Gangone and Red. Yeah, I don't (laughs) doubt that. Again, this is is a lot of my problem with this show is it wasn't big enough. Like, they had to make the fucking move, and they had to get Red in there. Red had to be in the building. Like, they they couldn't have slid in after there, attacked them, and like, oh, shit, it's Red, you know? Like, Right. Not like, hey, we got a video of Red from 2001 up on the screen. Like, take a look at that, right, guys. That's... And, like, <laughs> and, it doesn't even yeah, look like and, that I mean, anymore. <laughs> yeah. And it, it would have been debatable, though, <clears throat> either way, it, like how the crowd would have reacted. Because because they have such a somewhat of a new fan base and, and, a, and a younger fan base now, like, they might not have even known who the fuck he was. You know what I mean? Or a, a, a percentage, a percentage of the crowd might have been right. like, who, who's this guy? And then like, there would have whispered down the lane in the crowd. Oh, that's red. He's from 2001 and two, like, you know what I mean? But, yeah. uh, you know, I, I agree. He should have been there instead of just the uh, old footage on the, on the big screen. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. I, I think he would get over one way or another, but either way, <laughs> like, Cage of Death was severely lacking surprises, any kind of, you know, uh, appearances, like shit you didn't expect. It, it was just what you saw on paper, and, you know, some executed well, and some, you know, came up kind of short. But, you know, they, what can yeah. they do? But, um, yeah. I mean, um, not, yeah. There's a lot of people they could have called to have in the building. Like, John Dahmer's not far away. Eddie Valentine's not far away. Yeah. Uh, by no by no means am I a big deal, but I would have showed up. You know, I could I could have got my gang together. We could have showed up for something. You know, not not to not to be back, not to be back in the company, but just show up and make an appearance. Or, you know, we we could have inducted somebody into the Hall of Fame. What, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it should have been packed with cameos for sure. Sure. But um, so next uh. Anthony Green comes out with the uh, Rosebud gimmick, 
and uh, you know he's got a, a bunch of people in uh, outfits and stuff. I I don't I don't appreciate what he does for Zubas myself. Uh, I like Zubas, and uh, he makes it like a cornball hipster gimmick, and and it's working for him. But I I just don't. I'm it not, is. You know. Um, I, I I'm a little tired. I think he does the gimmick well, and I think like you said, it is working for him. Um, sure. I'm just for for me. I'm just a little over the. Uh, I mean, it, it's not that original in the sense that, like, I feel like for years and throughout my whole career, I've seen people sort of work the "I'm a '90s re- indie wrestler" gimmick. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a I, I wear Zubaz and a fanny pack and, and a Ribera jacket. Like, that's not original. You know what I mean? It's 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 like like we just said, it's working for him and good for him. I like him a lot. Uh, he's a good kid and he's real respectful as well. Uh, and I, and I've seen him really, really, really progress over the years and get like, he, he deserves all the, all the success he, he's getting. But, uh, I, for me, just the, the whole Zubaz, uh, look at me, I'm a wrestler gimmick is, is tired, you know, but I, I will say that this was probably my favorite match on the show because I, just, well, it, it was the best match. It was the best match okay. on the show. Um, Start, start to finish, it was just really good. Uh, good pace, good back and forth. Uh, there was definitely too many chops. Um, but uh, going along with what you said, I, I don't know if there was any reason for the entourage, uh, especially if you're like, well, I guess he's the heel in this match. But uh, I, I just yeah, don't I think that they add, I don't think they added anything but a distraction. You know what I mean? Like they, they could have came out, but then they should have went backstage after the match started. Um, you know, I get it. It's Cage of Death. You want to do sort of a WrestleMania esque big deal entrance or whatever, but I, I just don't think it added anything. Um, I, I also noted that I'd like to see a change from Star. I, I, I feel like he's like the same exact guy he was when I left wrestling two years ago. Uh, and except now he just like doesn't groom himself at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, well, I, just, I wrote I down. Just want him to sh- I just want him to shave one of his body parts. Like either shave your <laughs> chest, shave your armpits. Could you shave your armpits, buddy, little Davy? Come on, buddy. Shave your face or your legs or just shave something for me, all right? Because you look, you look like you don't care. You look like you don't fucking care. Yeah, what I wrote down was, um, what's the look he's going for? <laughs> like, like what, I don't what is? No. At least if I can go, oh, okay, he's going for that. I'm not sure what he's going for at all. Yeah, it's like, are, are you depressed? I'll give you a hug, <laughs> bud. I'll give you a hug. Like, if you're depressed, let's talk about it, because there's no reason for you to be depressed. Shave yourself. Uh, you know, I, I like I like 2012 David Starr better when he was all when he was shaved and and jacked and uh, you know I just feel like I feel like he cared more then, but. Uh, you know, it, it's like a lot of these guys. They get to a point where the bookings just keep coming in, so who gives a shit? You know what I mean? If, if people accept me the way I am, then knock yourself out. But uh, that's not to take anything away from his ability and his matches. He's very good. He, you know, he he never disappoints. Oh, of course. He, you know, and he and he can wrestle anybody and and, uh, and just go and go and go. Yeah. And, I really like the finish I, I on say, this. Oh yeah, yeah. What was uh, what the fuck was it? I don't remember. I'm trying to think but, exactly. Hang on, I, I have it here. I got the. Okay. I think I had the match. I, I, I mean, I'm just trying to get the fucking. 
Let's see here. What was the finish? David Starr, one, two. Nope, he kicked out. That wasn't it. <laughs> oh, come on, you fucking stupid. It was in the corner. Um, I, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Anthony Green does, like, a pop-up pile driver thing, right? Like, he, like he pulls your feet, and then, like, you end up in a yeah. pile driver, and then he just sits yeah. out, right? He's like he flipped him yeah, up yeah, off yeah. of his yeah off of the turtle yeah. and caught him. Yeah, that's pretty neat. That's pretty neat. I I thought that was neat, but it's a little it's a little contrived. You know what I mean? Like that's not something you're gonna be able to do to everybody. Yeah, here it is. I'm looking at it right now. Zip, bang. Yeah, no, it looks it looks really fucking cool. Uh, one, two, and he got him. Yeah, I mean, so so for two Jews, it wasn't a bad match. I'm just <laughs> kidding. Again, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I can't believe I have to say that, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> so then after the match, David Starr waves to the crowd like it's a big moment, like he's sorry and he's leaving. And I, I don't understand why that needed to happen. I mean, the dude's there like three <sighs> times a year. Like, what's, yeah. what's the waving and the, the, you know, bowing of the – I don't really understand. I mean, I understand, you know, putting over, you know, Anthony Green because obviously he's going to be the guy who's there next month and everything. But – I What's what's the big moment? Like he's so disappointed in himself. It's like mm, I don't know. I mean, like the match, so the right. match wasn't. It wasn't a. It wasn't a loser leaves town. You know what I mean? So yeah, like, come back. I, as far as I know, it wasn't. As far as I know, it wasn't a loser leaves town. But uh, yeah. you know, so I, I I don't know. I guess I guess it, it was an emotional match. It was a good. You know, I'm telling you, man. Like you you know how it is after. I'm sure some of those races that you participate in, like once you're done those fucking things or you're done a wrestling match, you, there's all sorts of adrenaline and endorphins running through your body and running through your head. So who the fuck knows what he was thinking, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He, he was um, basically high. You know what I mean? <laughs> so um, next up is uh, Layla Hirsch and Mercedes Martinez. Uh, Monster Mac and Lufisto are doing commentary. Um, as far as I know, because, again, I don't watch much of this shit, but, like, there's no streak, no build, no momentum or anything for this girl to have some major, like, dream match at Cage of Death 20, at least from what I could tell. Um, no, I, I mean, I haven't been following the product, so I don't know either. Uh, I mean, she might have had, like, a Dojo Wars run or something like that, but – and. and DJ kind of well, – surprisingly enough, DJ hasn't stuck to what he – you know, had his gimmick going. He was with the office. It was like DJ's part of the office, all that. The next thing you know, he's in the Onita match. He's walking this girl to the ring. Like, I understand that's like a student and everything, but like, what the hell does that have to do with anything else you have booked? Like you just, you were talking to Tremont about, you know, you're going to beat him up and then you're with the office, but not really. Like you don't even show up with those guys out there. Uh, you know, it's, it's weird. Know, man. It's, it's just typical fucking DJ bullshit. It's it's him making sure that everybody knows and understands that this is his girl or this is his student. And, like, by coming out with her, all you're doing is tainting her. You know what I mean? Like, you're just you're, – you're, you're setting her up to fail because the crowd is going to associate her with you and everybody fucking hates him. You know what I mean? So I, I just – I feel like it's not fair to Layla. Um I don't really know her. Uh, she was around when I was still in the picture. She was coming around to Dojo Wars then. I don't know if she had really started training yet. She was just kind of showing her face and helping out at Dojo Wars. Um, I don't even know what the fuck her voice sounds like because that's how much she spoke. Uh, 
But as far as I can tell, she's a good kid and works hard. Obviously, a, a really good athlete. Um, and I think that she could be really good just based on this match. Uh, yeah. She she did give Mercedes she gave Mercedes a good fight. Um, under no circumstances will I say anything bad about Mercedes because she'll kick my fucking ass. Um, <laughs> so that's not going to happen. But uh, nor nor could I say anything bad about her because she's tremendous and and always has been. Um, yeah. re- really good girl, really really awesome, really nice girl as well. Um, and 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 to touch on something else. I wish Steve Mack and Lefisto commentated the whole fucking show because they were good, yeah. man. They were good. Yeah. They had good banter back and forth. They did sure. good. Uh, they they did great with this match. Um, you know, keeping it interesting, uh, getting excited for the exciting parts, uh, ad libbing, uh, and so on and so forth. You know what I mean? I just I really wish that uh, Jen and fucking Steve did the whole show. You know what I mean? But sure. I don't know. I, I digress. The only thing I don't like about um, some of the commentating on this one was, uh, what's your feelings on shrieking and uh, like commentators? I, I can't take it. Like, I think oh, it blows yeah, out yeah, my yeah. fucking eardrums. Like, you don't need to scream when a yeah. move happens. There's a couple yeah. people. Dave Prezak always did that shit. Like, it, it just, I hate it. There, there. I remember what you were talking about. There was one or two spots where like, Lufisto screamed or, no, uh, maybe Steve. Steve no, the, really? What's it? Oh, okay. Maybe I just thought it was Lefisto because the way he's <laughs> Yeah. No, no, <laughs> he doesn't. I've heard it on Jersey All Pro stuff. And, yeah. Ah! yeah, he goes, ah! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> like, don't but, do that. Uh, I thought it was Lefisto. You're a grown-ass man. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I think if, you, if you're trying to be professional and you're trying to do the job, don't do that. But I think that they were just having fun and didn't particularly give a fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they 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 sat into, but overall I agree with you. I'll excuse it for this for this, but yeah. I, I I I agree with you. I know what you mean. Yeah, I mean I know it's like it's it's a way of selling what's going on in the ring to act like he you know he can't even stand what he's seeing. Is it? But this is the same guy who was throwing people into fucking walls in Bayonne. Like let's, let's tone it down just a <laughs> tad. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, he definitely but. will fuck you up. You know what I mean? He definitely oh, yeah. will, but uh, he's a softy on the inside. Yeah, the um, the crowd is is absolutely dead on this, and and for the majority of the show, I mean, you really don't get. I, at one point, they hit a Merry Christmas chant. I think during one of the one hardcore match it was probably the biggest chant all night. Which <laughs> <laughs> uh, is fucking great. We we definitely uh, we we can't stop talking about this match until we address the finish, right? Like. Do you remember that? What was the finish? Do you remember what the finish was? I'll tell no. you what it was. Okay, so I, I don't remember what the the whole sequence was. Oh, fucking hilarious. Lay, Layla Hirsch, yes. Layla Hirsch beats Mercedes Martinez with the shittiest, weakest lariat of all time. First yeah. of all, no. First of all, absolutely not. If she beats her at all, it should have been a fancy schmancy roll up or something like that out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that should have been the finish. But God damn it, DJ. Like, you know for a fact, you and I both know that that was him going, I want you to win with the lariat. It's important oh, yeah. that you beat her with the lariat. Like, fuck you, man. Like, what a yeah. piece of shit. That girl, Layla, if you're listening, you're probably not. Go to fucking Chikara. 
leave CCW and go to Chikara. Mike Quackenbush and, and fucking Rory Gulak and uh and I know I know for a fact that Kurt Robinson has been helping out there. Uh just fucking go. You'll be successful. Leave. Leave now. Don't be stupid. Yeah, and and if you finish with one of Quackenbush's finishers, it'll look, it'll look good. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, like I mean, say say what you want. Say what you want about Quack. The the dude held up most of the time. You know what I mean? He had some pretty stellar matches with people and and oh, yeah. his uh his um legacy of wrestlers that he has trained that are phenomenal speak for themselves. You know what I mean? Sure. It speaks for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um so then next up, uh, you got Alex Reynolds and Gacy. Alex Reynolds is, is a good enough wrestler, but he's got the charisma of a potato. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I don't know, like something about the guy. He just he doesn't jump out off of anything. He just kind of blends into the match. He's not going to ruin a match. The guy could hold a match with with most anybody, but he just yeah, he's, yeah, he he's very stand good. Out. He, he, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. He, uh, he just, he just kind of has. He does sort of have, I guess, that a little bit of that cookie cutter generic feel. But, but like you said, like he, he's capable of doing almost anything and having a good match with almost anybody. He's just not always necessarily the standout in the match. He's there. He's there to play his part. He plays his part perfectly. He's just not always necessarily the standout. You know. But um, and 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 I haven't really been following this angle too much either, so I didn't really understand why there was he had masked people and Joe had masked people like yellow and white. Like, is that a thing? Yeah. Like, what is this? Like new New World Order yellow and white? Like, what is it? Like, I don't. I didn't really understand. But again, that that's my fault for not really following the product and knowing what the fuck's going on. Yeah, I don't know if it's like your fault cuz I mean to to commit to watching a lot more of this same type of shit would be <laughs> I mean, why would you do that? But um yeah, it was like the real sting and the fake sting and like which one which one is with him and it's like uh, it's fucking crazy. None of them are the real sting, unfortunately. Uh, um, I I I noted here that like I thought this this was a solid match, but I just think it should have been probably more like two. Like instead of instead of the tables match being two, like this probably should have been two. Uh, just 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 because where where it fell on the card, I, I think people weren't as interested, you know. But yeah, you know, I don't know. And I I also have to go back to say that I I hated Joe Gacy's entrance. Um, I, and I think this is the problem with Gacy. I like Gacy. I think he's a, he's a great dude. I think he's one of the hardest workers in the company. He has been for a long yeah. time. He's getting his shot over yeah. and evolve, and I think he 100% deserves it. This guy shows up at NXT, deserves that too. But I think when he has the um, the freedom to write his own stuff, it, it it's not good. It, it's not good at all. CZW doesn't have any creativity, so they kind of leave it up to, you know, this guy or that guy, create your own entrance. When you wind up on a Home Depot dolly being pushed to the fucking ring in the dark, where no one could even see what the fuck's going on. And then someone's dropping yeah. flowers on you, and you got more flowers and a couple light-up masks. And I'm like, what What the fuck is happening right now? Like, what are you going for? Because this is crazy. This shit looks dumb. And um, yeah. like you said, I, yeah, I, all those I other things are true about him, but I hated this fucking entrance. 
no, I I know what you mean. I I thought it was I thought it could have been executed better. Uh, I didn't really understand it either. Um, I, I it seemed as though uh, a lot of things just didn't go the way that he wanted it to. Like they had to keep adjusting the dolly because I guess like one of the wheels wasn't turning or something. <laughs> yeah. So like they had to they had to keep fixing it to go straight and then. Yeah. Uh, and then, like you know, is he is he dead? Did he rise from the dead for some reason? What what is the symbolism behind that? Like, I don't know. because if because if it's all in Joe's head and it all makes perfect sense up there, maybe it does. Maybe it does. But again, like you said, there, there's a there's a, a loss in translation to the crowd. Like, what what does this symbolize? I mean, you you kind of have to explain it either beforehand or. Or, or during like I, and you know what I mean and I, I you know it wasn't horrible but I didn't get it you know what I mean yeah you could always drag those dollies better than you could push them you know like if you're in Home Depot <laughs> and you try to make a turn you're gonna hit the fucking end cap yeah. if you're, you're pushing it in front of you those wheels make wild turns so that's just like yes poor execution yeah, they're designed to drag they they yeah. are designed to drag not push yeah yeah so <laughs> in the future and if then, they drag I mean, another body to the ring then they could <laughs> live and learn uh, i mean let's you can't leave out your favorite part of the match though and what's that you know what that is when when blackwater came out and started leveling everybody in the neck with a fucking kendo stick oh yeah that was that was uh another well executed uh plan again you know <laughs> real sting fake sting i guess he was like the big payoff to all the people in masks is like is it him? Is it him? And it's he's still a Dojo Wars guy to me, you know? I, I just... I, <laughs> I just didn't like that he was, like... He was swinging that cane like he didn't give a fuck. Like, he was... Like, I'm telling... Like, I, one, the first or... The second or third person he hit, it was across the side of the neck. I was like, what are you <laughs> doing? Don't... Come on, man. Like, you still have to be safe with that shit. Those things hurt, man. You can fuck somebody up with those things. But, uh... I... I in addition to that, I just thought Alex and Joe can, can kill it. Like, I, mm. I thought that there was a little bit too much BS in the match. I feel like there was a little bit too much interference, um, just a little bit too much shenanigans, because those two are good enough to just go and have a good 10, 12-minute match without any bullshit, you know? Even, even, if, it is, even if it is a grudge match or a blow-off match, just, just fucking tell the story, just you two, you know? But, uh... It was it was solid. It was solid. Yeah. And it seemed like a send-off match for Gacy. That's the vibe I got, is that, like, this was supposed to close something out because he does have this legitimate, like, Evolve stuff lined up, and I feel like he's probably not going to be a monthly CCW guy going forward. I don't know if it's his last match in CCW ever, but I have a feeling like he's walking away for a bit to take some of these opportunities that he deserves. So, I mean, he's, he's right for yeah. doing it, but I, I don't feel I, like I, the, the I, crowd got the full send-off feel that they should have, you know what I mean? Because if he does, after being so loyal for so long, you know, leave on this, I feel like the crowd should have been on board a little bit more. Yeah, and, and I think he should leave. Um, I mean, at least leave CZW for a long time because there's nothing left for him, you know what I mean? Uh, that does happen to people where, you know, you do everything that there is to do in a company. You know, I guess he's a two-time world champion or something at this point and it's like what what else is there for him to do that keeps him interesting and you know uh keeps whatever uh, angle he's involved in interesting you know so i just 
but like you said, on on the bigger and better things, man. Try, try your hand elsewhere and uh, keep keep uh, progressing and keep on keeping on, you know. But there's just nothing left for him at CZW. No. Um, so next up is uh, Silver, Strickland, and Swan. Um, I just got to start with saying I hate Shane Strickland's music. Chaka Khan is way better than the shit that he puts on afterwards. That um, that custom music that he had made is absolute trash. Um, I don't know what it makes him think that that guy is better than uh, the Chaka Khan music that had everyone dancing and shit. But, uh, you know, I mean, whatever works. Um, I, I got to be honest. This is the only match on the show that I skipped. Uh, I saw the fucking guy with purple hair come out with Swerve, and I was like, well, I'm skipping this. Yeah. Because uh, I, I was like, fuck this match, because, uh, you know, w- was this for anything? Was this for, like, a world title shot or anything like that? Like, was this was anything no. on the line? And, no, uh, I don't I think mean, so. That, I, don't, I don't think it was either, and that further lets me know that I wasn't going to watch the fucking match, because for me, and this is just me, like, I'm not a big fan of matches being booked just for the sake of booking them. You know what I mean? Like, Silver's good, Swerve's good, Swan's good. I don't see the point in just, like, saying, we got all these guys on the show and they're going to wrestle each other, uh, so come check it out. Like they're, And I've seen those three ways, man. I've seen that match a thousand times. There's, there's nothing that they were going to do that I haven't seen. Um so I just fucking skipped it uh, or like, I just like uh, fast forwarded through it to the end to see what the finish was. I think silver going over was the right choice. Um, you know, and, and then, and then my favorite fucking thing in pro wrestling, it ends with a bunch of hugs and handshakes and fucking nobody, everybody's best friend. Go fuck yourselves. Seriously. <laughs> go fuck yourselves with that bullshit. I'm glad you guys all had fun. I'm glad everybody skated away from the match clean and nobody got hurt, but enough of the bullshit. Like just sell, get out of the ring, go to the back and do your hugs and handshakes behind the curtain. You know, I mean, I get it. Kayfabe is dead. That's a mantra that everybody wants to repeat nowadays. Kayfabe is dead. Well, guess what? Jesus Christ is dead too, but people still worship <laughs> him. So, so tell that <laughs> to fucking Christians, you stupid fuck. Like I'm so sick of it, but anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and why the fuck does and why does Richie look homeless? Like spend some <laughs> of your fucking WWE money, dude. Spend a little bit of your money. Like he's my man. Richie is my man. We are buddies. But he looks fucking homeless right now. I don't get it. Spend a little bit of your jing and and and, and fix your shit up, man. Fix your shit up. Yeah, uh, I wondered the same thing. I'm like, why the fuck is Grimace's aunt walking out to the ring with fucking Strickland? I have no idea. <laughs> this fucking dude with purple. There's no explanation. There's no like, you know, on the screen it'll be like, you know, uh, homicide with Julius Smokes and you know, like that type of shit. It's just here's Shane Strickland. Never mind the fucking guy who just walked out looking crazy. <laughs> like and he's it's, just... did, did that guy? Did that guy produce his music or something? Like who is that guy? Maybe that's the guy that did the song that I hate. I don't know. It, he looks like the uh, guy that would write a song I hate. <laughs> like, and, and, um, <laughs> yeah, like he, he's like a sh- he's like a dollar store Takashi six nine, like a fucking <laughs> dollar store one. Like he only had enough money for the purple dye and not all the other fucking colors. It's like Takashi like eighty you know, or forty three. Yeah, Takashi. <laughs> yeah, Takashi. Takashi twenty seven. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, and, and let me tell you something else too. There's absolutely 
no fucking reason that the world title isn't on Johnny Silver. Like, if you want, if you want to put it on, like, probably the best guy in the company, the guy that's going to be able to go with anybody, Johnny Silver is the fucking guy, and he has yeah. been over his balls. He's been over his balls in the company for a long time now. So by the time that they ever do decide to put the belt on him, it's going to be too fucking late. But he's the one that should have won the belt that night. Hands fucking down. For sure. Um, yeah, I always liked Silver. Um, he was the guy who stood out in the Beaver Boys. Like like I said, um, Reynolds, to me, never stood out. So he was the guy that carried that team. Um, at least from a charisma standpoint, the fans getting behind them and everything else. Um, uh, at one point in this match, um, Swan took Silver's fucking toss. He does that toss thing. And he took that shit into a front bump, yeah. which, which was like a oh, fucking... No. Yeah, which was like a fucking Phoenix Splash cell. <laughs> I was oh, like, no. this fucking guy's out oh, of his no. mind. Like, so just, did he uh, like I've... flip completely over and then onto his belly? Like he did a full rotation? Yeah, yeah oh, like boy. a Phoenix cell on that fucking shit. I'm like, this dude's just going overboard. Like, you know, yeah. I've seen Ziggler do some shit like that. Ziggler takes uh, uh, the fucking monkey flips like that. Yeah, so does what's-his-face, Johnny Nitro or whatever his name is, Mundo yeah. or Nitro yeah, or Johnny, yeah. whatever the fuck his name is, uh, John Morrison, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty cool. That was one thing that stood out to me. The thing is, this was like a big spot fest, but, and I know a lot of people hate spot fest. I like them, but I really think that the way that they have to go is you need like exclamation point bumps throughout the match. You know, where yeah. it's back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and then just like, bam, like a stoppage to it. Like, oh, shit, you know, he hit the thing. Um, Ring of Honor, they had gotten to a streak of, like, doing these type of matches. And if you walked into a Ring of Honor show halfway through, you would hear, you'd hear, oh, 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 it sounded like a Dice concert. Yeah. Yeah, right, I mean? Right, right, and, oh, right, 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 right. And that that's what it sounded like because there was a flow, but there was like punches, like shit that stood out amongst what they were doing. You know, they'd hit this strike, hit that strike, and then a big one to really like put exclamation points on what they're doing. And it, if you don't right. have that in there, it all just blends together. Yeah, man. I mean, what, what you're describing is wrestling storytelling 101, man. Like that's, that's stuff that you learn that's as, that's as important as, learning all your bumps and getting all your bumps down and, you know, learning to sell and, and everything else and learning to execute your moves as important and as big of a part of wrestling is learning the storytelling aspect of it. And uh, it, it's, it's kind of something that has been lost in a, in a lot of companies and certainly a lot of indie companies because the fans don't necessarily care. They just expect fireworks, 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 and they, they don't necessarily care when the finale comes. You know what I mean? Like, they don't, they don't necessarily care when, when that happens. They just want more and more shit. Yeah. Um, so then they take intermission, and they go to uh, all hardcore from there on out. Um, so that's, that's uh, yeah. solid booking, you know? Yeah, I don't I didn't understand that, man. Like, I just, like, you don't even have to be in the business to realize that, like, you're set. You're making the whole rest of the lineup difficult for everybody involved because it's like, what what is match 
I mean, we're talking about, I guess, uh, obviously the last three matches. It's like you're building to the hardcore main event. So I think the greatest thing to do would be have two hardcore matches right before that, you know, but Jesus Christ, I don't know, man. I, I don't know who the fuck thought that would be a good idea. Yeah. So uh, you got the hardcore eight, man. Um, I mean, I, I got to say right from the start, I, I like Maria Manic a lot. I really think. Um, what? what? You don't? No. Not really, but go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I mean, she's obviously, she's got believable offense as far as, you know, she's super, super strong. Um, you know, she's taking all this deathmatch stuff, which is going to be over with the crowd. I mean, the same way like a Lefisto was over. Obviously, Lefisto, you know, put in a lot more time. So, Maria's, you know, brand new to this, but. She's got she's got marketable offense, you know. She could pick a dude up, like a big fucking dude, and and throw him somewhere, which you really don't right. see too too much out of you know the the women in death matches or anything like that. A lot of it's uh, it, it comes off like you you really have to like squint your eyes to believe like the offense on a lot of chicks when in these inner gender matches and you know uh, that type of thing. So for that reason, I I I buy what she's doing. Yeah, no, I know, I know what you're saying. I don't, uh, I, I, I don't disagree with that aspect of it. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I just got a text message. I'm being an asshole. Um, but uh, I, I agree with you there. Um, I, I think that she's believable in that regard. I think that, you know, probably this time last year she looked a lot better. Um, it, it looks like she's off cycle uh, <laughs> or something right now. She, she's. <laughs> I think that she's one of these people that, uh, for whatever reason, has gotten a lot of attention and a lot of popularity early and therefore has uh, kind of plateaued as far as, like, the wrestling training goes. You know what I mean? And, Mm -hmm. like, you you can spend all the time in the gym that you want getting bigger and stronger and looking however you want to, but my eyes see different things than your eyes do as far as, in-ring work and Mm -hmm. it's not good it's really sloppy um on top of it you know it is what it is i'm not i'm not trying to make fucking friends with nobody and i and i'm sorry schlack i know that's your old lady but she's fucking gross Uh, (laughs) um she's awful and gross and uh but so as long as she stays in this lane she's going to be successful so god bless her but uh and i think you know I, i have a lot of friends in this match and so I'm not going to shit on everybody. I just feel like the match was, was kind of just poorly executed shit for the sake of shit. You know what I mean? Like they were just kind of doing shit. It was very backyardy. Um, you know, you had that fucking, you had that half a fucking retard Mitch, no selling unprotected chair shots. That's awesome. That's awesome. You fucking idiot. Uh, that, that's going to go well for your fucking brain. Um, you know, wh- why so many dildos? I, I, but I do think I that the dildo spot with Dan was hilarious. I thought that was yeah. like I know I know you're I know you're not a big fan of the gay stuff, but that that well, was fucking hilarious. And then Larry yeah. coming in the ring all excited was fucking hilarious. Fucking hilarious. That was hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Hilarious. Yep. That was that was the best part of the fucking match, and that's saying yeah. something. Yeah. But um, so you know, yeah. So to back up what you're saying is um. Yeah, the the drill dildo spot was fucking terrible. 
But the the chair jumping <laughs> spot was fucking hilarious, and fucking Larry jumping perfect. in the ring like, oh shit, like this, like me too, like that shit was fucking great. <laughs> that to me is is hilarious. That's that's the way you use that type of shit in a match. But like the just the the played out stuck a dildo in another dude's mouth shit, like that's so fucking old and played out. They've been doing this for how many tournament of deaths that they always oh, got a dildo. Like uh, all right already. I mean. I don't know. Uh, to me, that didn't work well, not, at all. Not the just that, spot I, I, I can tell you for sure. I can tell you for sure that that's a, let's just say 2003, 4-ish. We'll say 2003, when Rick Feinberg was doing the, the Rob Feinstein copy gay gimmick. You know, he was coming out to the ring with, uh, like, he, he was basically doing a Stone Cold Steve Austin beer-swelling thing in the corner, and he had a dildo that was filled with milk. And he was, mm-hmm. like, spraying it in his face. And then also, I remember he came out to the ring during a, a battle royal at Best of the Best because I remember getting hit in the stomach with a fucking dildo. And that shit hurt. <laughs> like, I think it was I think it was Cowboy or, uh, or somebody picked it up and hit me in the stomach with it. Those things are fucking, like, nightsticks, man. Those things fucking hurt. <laughs> but uh, so, so that being said, people have been doing dildo spots for 15 fucking years. But uh, yeah. this this one definitely got over, and I think it was it was funny. Yeah, that spot specifically. Um, MLJ is on the mic. He's like insisting about talking about eating ass over and over, and how how much he likes eating ass. Uh, guys are taking like three Ds uh, through chairs and shit. Like <laughs> there's like a three uh, D through chairs going on, and he's like, yeah, no, no, I'm really serious about the ass eating, and like blood's involved and shit. It's like, dude, fucking. Who thinks you're funny? This shit is crazy. Like, again, bring back uh, yeah, Steve Mac and Lefisto. Yeah, I, I, I like Emil more as a in-ring common, uh, ring announcer than commentary. Um, but, you know, obviously Cage of Death is reserved for Larry Legend. Mm. And, uh, that, you know, they had, they had to do something with him, so it is what it is. And I, I don't even know who the fucking other commentator is. Khalif something or other? I don't even know who that Not is, sure. but he wasn't any good. He's not any no. good. But uh, and what's what's her face? Fucking uh, whoever the fucking girl, other girl was fucking uh, Candy Couture, whatever the fuck her name was, mm-hmm. Brandon Kirk's old lady. Uh, right. She she did like, did you see those bullshit weak ass chair shots of the fucking she was giving to somebody? I was like, come on, man! Like she yeah. she just has no business being out there. Like may, yeah. maybe someday she'll be good, but she has no business being on Cage of Death. She has no business being in that profile, that high profile of a match. You can see she almost fucking killed herself doing some Rana to the outside. Yeah. Like, like you, you stick somebody like that out there, and that's how people get hurt, and that's how, you know, like that's not the kind of press that you want for your company. You know what I mean? But who knows? Who knows? You know, you got you got to fucking get Brandon Kirk's girl out there cause yeah, for some I fucking guess. reason. But I Whatever. thought like that spot specifically was retarded because they had they had O'Hare up on the the turnbuckle, and he's getting hit with chair shots or whatever he's getting hit with, and then she could, she's over there <coughs> she could have easily done like the push spot, you know what I mean? Like just like the push spot or like the you know pull him off the or, like top the Rick rope Flair, spot, like the Rick the bump. Flair bump, yeah, yeah. And she didn't have to go into a fucking Rana, you know what I mean? Like yeah. Uh, and and right, then, right, you, know, you where, saw where how she, she landed. Where she probably, right, she probably got more hurt than fucking Dan did. So, oh, yeah. you know, that's that's how you learn. That's how you fucking learn. You know, you got to get hurt sometimes to learn. 
And, I, and I'm sure she was all right. Otherwise, we would have heard it, heard about it, and there'd be a fucking GoFundMe or some shit. Yeah. You know, for, so then for the, medical the bills. Is, but the finish is they roll up Maria for for the win. So that's the that's the yeah. big finish. This yeah. death match is uh, they Makes roll out the one female on the on the team for a win. Right. Did you see? Uh, maybe you didn't notice this. I went back and watched it. <laughs> I had to rewind it. Because, like, Connor is in Maria's face, and he's talking shit. And then, like, she gets rolled up. And it's like, one, two, three. And then she stands up and looks at Connor. And then <laughs> Connor goes, ha-ha, you stupid fat whore. And then runs out. <laughs> and, then he, and then he runs out of the ring because, like, she's running after him. But, like, just just the fucking look on Connor's face and the fact that he goes, ha-ha, you stupid fat whore. And then he goes running out of the ring. Like, you're going to have to go back and watch it. But, like, thank you, Connor. I popped my ass off. Great job, buddy. Uh, great job. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know it. where they go with this office gimmick or, you know, how long they could even draw this out. <clears throat> um, it doesn't seem like it's got any kind of uh, longevity to it or anything because, I mean, Jesus Christ, they're, they're doing this well, whole gimmick and rolling a girl up for the win at the end. And I guess that's kind of like a heelish thing, but it's still, a, you know. Well, the other thing, too, is like, when you have a group, it needs to be understood that you're in a group and everybody's working together for the sake of the group. Uh, you know, uh, unless it's a, a dynamic where it, like I, like I was with the front, you know what I mean? Where guys like me and Biff were the focal points and everybody else was there for support. You know what I mean? Um, in this particular case in the office, everybody is a wrestler. Everybody's kind of part of the team and they should all be working together to forward one agenda. But you can tell just during their entrance, nobody is in it uh, for, for, for what I just described. Brandon Kirk could give a fuck about anybody else. You could tell that he doesn't give a fuck and he just wants to be him and be his own thing. Uh, Connor's just out there having fun doing his own thing. Uh, Kyle, um, Kid Osborne, he... Um, He's very good, but uh, I, I feel like he's probably the biggest team player. You know what I mean? He, he, you can tell that he feels like it's the new world order out there, and he's just playing his role in the group. You know what I mean? And then uh, I, I don't. And I guess the other person would be uh, Kirk's girlfriend or whatever, who has mm-hmm. no business being on the fucking show. But, um, but you know what I'm saying? Like, there's there's a little bit too much individualism, and and there's not really this this feeling like we're a group and 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 this is our this is our uh this is the point we're trying to make this is our mission you know so i i feel like they they need to just disband that sooner rather than later and let everybody do this thing yeah i honestly don't even know what direction they should be taking at czw anymore because it's all just you know you got these guys that look 12 holding the one title you know uh, going back and forth for that um you know, they just finished the uh, the blackout feud, which was like, uh, you know, again, you know, rehashing something that's that's long over, and so that that was like the other title feud, and then the the world title you got um, MJF, who they gave him the title in April. He wrestled two times in the United States for CCW since then, and then had to abandon the wow. title. 
you know. I mean, he had a couple is, matches is he, in Canada. Is he, uh, right. Did I hear that he's, like, hurt or something like that? Is he hurt right now? Yeah, he's hurt. Um, surprisingly enough, his last match that I saw on, um, if you look up his match listings, was against Sammy. So I don't know how he could have got hurt. <laughs> that's amazing. That's, that's hilarious how you, you put it that way. Uh, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> what could have gone wrong there? I think uh, I think MJF's pretty good. He's just uh, to me, he's just like uh, his, his gimmick's a little bit generic. It's like I've seen that shtick so many times. He's kind of just like a dollar store version of the Miz. You know what I mean? It's like it's like there's there's already a Miz dude you know what i mean like so try to maybe try to take a different lane you know what i mean instead of i'm better than everyone and look at me i guess i guess i guess i'm relatively good looking or whatever you know what i mean and I'm, I'm this pretty boy who who fucking loves himself you know what i mean like been there done that everybody's fucking done that we've all seen that and unless you're gonna be mis level give it a rest but you know i it is yeah. what it is. I, hopefully, he gets, I think, hopefully, hopefully he gets better soon or whatever the fuck is going on with him. Yeah. I think for the amount of time that he's been in the business, which is very, very little, he's only been a couple of years in, I think he's really, really yeah. good for what, you know, considering that. And, I mean, he's main eventing all over. People are giving him titles. I just think this is another classic example of DJ booking a guy who he cannot keep on a, on a monthly basis. You know, it's like, here, here's right. the title real quick. Oh, what, you're not available for the next six months? So, fuck. Uh, I guess we could yeah, do some yeah, kind no, of like you're right. phone call promos or something, but uh, fuck. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right, though. That, that, that's typical CZW. Here, here, take this. Please don't go. Here, <laughs> take this belt. Please don't go. Please. And it doesn't work. It never works, ever. Yeah. And then DJ's looking at what it costs to ship the belt back to him. And like, look at the shipping <laughs> charges. We need that belt back by Cage of Death. So you're not coming this way at all? Like, not, you don't know anyone who's traveling this way? All right, fuck it. We'll just look at <laughs> overnight the belt. To, <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, yeah um, somebody, somebody needs to steal that thing. So, somebody needs to fucking steal it and pull a stone cold and throw it in the fucking river. <laughs> yeah, legitimately throw it in the river. Just throw it in the could, fucking river. If they could one up that and just steal the entire CZW ring and just fucking drop it off the side of a bridge somewhere, <laughs> just like drop it off the fucking, drop it off the Ben Franklin Walt or or the Walt Whitman or something. You know, they just drop it yeah. right the fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, you know what? Next while, up, while we're talking, hang yeah. on one sec. While we're talking about, I just want to make a point about something. This is totally off subject because you were just talking about the ring. I, I yeah, noticed man. that they went out of their way. They went out of their way to get custom fucking turnbuckle pads for this show. Did you notice that? No, did they? They, they had, had, they had twenty. Yeah, they, they had they had custom Cage of Death ten turnbuckle pads. And the reason that this pisses me the fuck off is because w- when I was still in the picture before I retired, I had a lot to do with Dojo Wars. Uh, you know, Drew Gulak, myself, Preacher, um, and, and everybody else that helped out with that program. Um, I gave a talk one day about trying to help push the brand and, and establish a Dojo Wars brand. I, I personally designed the logo, uh, the tank logo, not the current logo. Uh, I, I sort of established that the color was going to be green that we identify with. I, and what I wanted to do was 
you know, for the sake of taping the shows um, and, and, and putting them on YouTube and having sort of a visual representation and a, a visual association with our product and our brand, I wanted to have, I wanted to get some green tape to at least make the middle rope green. I wanted to just order some generic green turnbuckle pads. So that way when people were watching it on YouTube, they could, they could associate that with Dojo Wars. And just, you know, any sort of mental association helps you uh, broaden your brand. You know what I mean? And, and all I got, dude, was fucking pushback and how much does that cost and fucking this and that. So, like, when it was my fucking idea, we couldn't shell out the money. We couldn't do it. There was nothing to be found. But when it's, when, when it's time to buy turnbuckles for one fucking show that now you can't even use those again, unless, unless there's something I don't know, maybe those are decals that he put on there or something like that. I don't know. But now you have the money for fucking expensive-ass turnbuckle pads, you fat fucking lummox. Fuck you, you fat <laughs> idiot. God damn it. All right, now we can move on. Now we can move yeah, well, on. Well, now you can sell those at the CCW Pro Shop official KGW20 turnbuckles. <laughs> yeah. Stupid fucking idiot. Get diabetes and fucking die. All right, let's move <laughs> on. Speaking of, um, <laughs> so uh, the next match in- includes DJ Hyde with his uh, his pal Masada, who, I don't know, called him a faggot like 8,000 8, times on my fucking the podcast. BFF. Yeah, uh, like he could, he couldn't have said more negative things about DJ if he tried. And it's like, yeah, well, I got my uh, ultraviolet beast. That's how the promo went. Like, yeah, well, I got my buddy. It's like, dude, he doesn't like you at all. Um, at all, at all. And then uh, you got o- Onita. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not an Onita guy. I'm just not. Um, you know, I, I like the FMW stuff. I'm not saying I'm the biggest Japan mark ever. Definitely not. Um, but you know, I like the FMW stuff, obviously, you know, for a good amount of time, he was like the Hulk Hogan of FMW. Um, you know, he, he had the big spot to do all these explosion matches. The stuff stood out fucking everybody who bought an FMW DVD saw these crazy explosion matches that all featured Onita. Onita was the guy. Um, he, he really avoided coming to the States for a long, long time. So I understand why it's a big deal for people to even see him. You know, for him to just walk out, that's that's enough. But um, right. you know, he he's coming out now, and it's costing these these companies ridiculous amounts of money. From what I've heard, there's investors or money marks or whatever who are paying for it, so maybe it doesn't even matter to them as a company. Right. But um, I mean, he couldn't have showed up with more like um, smoke and mirrors. The dude had blood packets. He had uh, you know, the red mist, which I guess you know worked well with the blood packet thing. Um, he, he had a fireball, he had an exploding bat. I mean, it, it was just like, how, how many things can we make myself kind of look good via the stuff I have in my pockets and stuff? It just, yeah, yeah right. It's like, is it a, ma- is it a magic show or is it a wrestling show? <laughs> yeah. I was waiting for him to do the scarf thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right, right. Yeah. Stuff, stuff a scarf into his hand and then voila, it's gone. Oh, holy shit. But, uh. Yeah. I don't know, like this this match I I I just didn't care. I didn't give a fuck about this match. I mean, because I honest to God, until Tremont started to call out Anita whenever the hell that was a couple of years ago, I didn't even know who the fuck the guy was. I'm the, I was never a big Japan guy or 
certainly never gave a fuck about hardcore wrestling in Japan. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't even know who Onita was. So the fact that he's here again means absolutely nothing to me. I mean, if he's a big deal to everybody else, cool. You know, but again, like like you were saying or touching on a little bit, it probably just costs a lot of money to, to have some fucking guy, uh, you know, walk out there looking like he has rickets to just fucking hobble around and, and do some, like, shitty hardcore. Like, that's really what it was. Like, yeah. I, even DJ took... DJ took some hit at the very beginning and fell down like an idiot. Like, he just kind of fell backwards like a dummy, like all shitty. I I was like, what is going on here? And and let me ask you this, and maybe you can help me understand this, being a fitness guru that you are. You and I both enjoy all of DJ's little Instagram stories of him working out with his personal trainer and shit like this. So help (laughs) me understand. Help me understand how he's fucking fatter. How is he fatter now with a personal trainer? How does that happen? I honestly think that that, that uh, Instagram shit is just like um, softcore, like femdom shit. Like, I, I think he's like, <laughs> I think she's basically a dominatrix because, like, every one of the videos, like, she's got his legs in the air, like, legs spread, holding a tire. She's calling him a bitch. She's like, look at that ass. She's like, she's just like fucking playing this dude out. And he's just like, yeah, all right. This is, this is what works. Like, I, I think they cut oh. off the Instagram before he beats off to what she's yelling at him. Like, I, I don't think that there's oh. any actual physicality that's coming out of that. Or, or they cut off the part where like, she starts like stomping on his balls and shit like that. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like she starts kicking him in the dick and he's like, yes, man, I have another. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like. Yeah, I mean, he looks tired like he's seeing. doing something, you know? Yeah, right. I mean, he looks like that's he's worn out. But... That's what I'm saying. It looks like he's putting in the work, but his fucking physique is telling a different story. He's as fat as he ever fucking was. Jesus yeah. Christ. Fuck. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's insane. And, um, you know, I mean, Masada did his thing, you know. The thing with Masada that I like is, like, there's no, like, free ride with him. So, you know, every time, like, he's going to be in there laying punches in or stabbing people with the skewers, you're like, yeah, he's he's not letting up on this guy because he's fucking 60 years old. Like, he's he's fucking hitting that guy a little bit, you know? Um, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he he comes there and he, he does the job he was paid to do. Like, he doesn't he doesn't take shit lightly. But the the match overall was a bunch of blading and just kind of, as you said, shitty hardcore. There wasn't there wasn't any like substantial bumps where you're like, holy shit, that was crazy. It's like uh, it just it was a complete filler match that cost a shitload of money, as far as I'm concerned. Because even Masada's a fly-in now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That that match cost a lot and didn't didn't deliver the way that it should have. And and, and certainly, I don't think we really talked about this, but like. How many months ago did Tremont leave? Like, was it even five, six months ago or something like that? Five or six right. months? So, yeah. And he's back and, already? So, like, mm-hmm. I mean, and that doesn't mean he's, he's not necessarily back full time, but, like, he's back. You know what I mean? So it just doesn't give the opportunity for him to – for him being back to be a big deal. You know what I mean? It just doesn't it, – that you don't, you don't give enough time for the fans to really miss him, to, to really appreciate right. him being back. So, you know, I, I don't know. But I, I think it was the, the match prior to this one. I, I, something else I just wanted to mention was, like, this is kind of off, uh, off a little tangent, but, like, when people have those thumbtack bats, like, it's usually a standoff 
Two people have the thumbtack bats. Is there any fucking spot, please, that somebody can come up with that doesn't involve duck, duck, the other person takes the bat? Like, that's every time two people have the thumbtack bat, it's I swing, you duck, you swing, I duck, and then you fucking take the, take the deal on the head, followed by whatever the fuck comes next. You know what I mean? I think in this case it was a pile driver from fat fucking Jimmy Lloyd. But, uh, mm-hmm. or, or as I call him, uh, Seth Rollins off the gas. Um, <laughs> but uh, with that stupid blonde streak in his hair, get a grip. But, uh, but yeah, now that's, again, that, that, that's off subject. So somebody, please, come up with something more interesting with the thumbtack bats, please. Please. Yeah. Um, with the Onita thing, um, because, yeah, and you're right about Tremont, too. The, um, the the amount of time he was gone didn't give him enough time. But they did the same thing with Janela. They they had Janela a big send off. Oh yeah, he's 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 out of here. He's quitting. And then they're like, Oh, Leo's going to WWE. We want one more match with him. So uh, why don't you come back? And it was two months later. Right. I was like, Well, right. he didn't let that breathe at all. And then before you knew it, he was leaving yeah. again. So. But um. Yeah. And and now he's on the shelf. Yeah. Yeah. Um. With Onita, because um, I, you know, I got into a little uh, discussion with Joey on the uh, GCW thread of some sort, where uh, you know they're, they're bringing him in for the uh, the Spring Break show over there. Uh, spring Break is yeah. packing houses, whether they book Onita or not. And obviously, there's a price tag right. on this guy. Um, again, I mean, maybe it's a money mark that's paying for him, and it doesn't matter at all. But Right. Do you find any sense in bringing this guy in, knowing that you'd pack the house either way? Probably not. You know what I mean? Because I I don't know. I, again, I I feel like I'm too far distance away from the scene, and I'm certainly out of touch with the fans to to know whether or not they they truly appreciate him in, in that way or. Uh, like like we were kind of talking about in regards to the match that was on Cage of Death, there's, you're, he's not going to go out there and do anything that's going to wow anybody. You know what I mean? No. He's not going to wow you in any capacity. Not in hardcore. He's definitely not going to high fly. He's not going to. There's not going to be some intense strong style spot. There's not going to be. Uh, you know, there, there's not going to be anything where you're like, wow, ho- like holy shit, look, oh need uh, oh need. You know what I mean? Like it's not going to happen. Yeah. So I, I really don't think um, – I, I, I guess, like you said, if, if there's some money mark involved, somebody that's paying for it, and, and you just want to have him on your show just to have him on the his name on the DVD cover or whatever, great. Mm. You know what I mean? But I, I don't think it adds anything considering uh, GCW is doing just fine, you know? Yeah. I mean, people love him, and, you know, it means nothing to me, so <laughs> – you know, there's that's kind of where I sit with the the majority of the Onita stuff, but I try to look at it from a different perspective too, and I guess it makes more sense when I think about it this way, because you know, I've been just trying to wrap my head around, you know, why and you know why are the fans even accepting this type of bullshit when they, you know, expected Tremont and Onita, and then it wound up like a fucking six man or eight man or some kind of shit, and, and I think about it like this. All right. If they brought in Onita and it was just an autograph signing, that would be a big deal to these fans because he hasn't been in the States and it's like, holy shit, he's in the building. Now imagine Onita gets involved a little bit. Well, then it's like, oh shit. You know, he's actually involved in something. I got to see him do something. You know what I mean? 
Right. Like the difference between like right. if they booked Ric Flair and you know Flair was sitting behind a table signing, or if he got in the ring and chopped the guy three times and waved to the crowd. I think it makes a big difference in that aspect. Where if the fans are looking for a little bit more, sure you're not going to get you know 95 Onita, but you're you're going to get a little bit of action out of a guy who you didn't think you'd probably see live ever. So I. Right, and I mean, and he's legitimately what sixty? Is he legitimately like late fifties? Is that what I he is? Like, I think yeah, I think up around that late fifties, early sixties. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, I guess right, so it makes I, some I, sort of sense, but just means nothing to me. No, nah, I agree. I agree. Uh, so I mean, what, whatever. I, I don't know the guy. I got no, nothing personal, obviously, but hopefully that's the last that we'll see of him in CZW because. Again, what what are you what are you gaining? What are you gaining by booking them at this point? Yeah, I don't know. Um, so next up, you had uh, Mance Warner and uh, Ricky Shane Page, who looks like the fat lesbian from Orange Is the New Black, um, which he actually <laughs> pointed out himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which he, he could not be more right on that. I can't not see that shit every time I see him now. Um, it's it's fucking spot on, man. This was a, this was like a fill-in match because as of the month before, it was still supposed to be Ricky Shane Page versus uh, MJF, and um, right. So with one month to spare, they put this together. All right, it's going to be a one-on-one cage, which is obviously, I mean, there's that's a tall order because you know with multi-man matches in the cage, you can do spots here, spots there. You guys get a little bit of rest while those guys are doing a spot and this and that. To carry that shit, you know, with just two guys, not a lot of people have done that um, in, in Cage of Death. I mean, you got Zandig Lobo, um, Sammy, and um, Danny Havoc. Uh, Danny yeah. Havoc. Uh, they did That's DJ really and Tremont, but Tremont just fucking completely carried DJ through that match, took a shitload of bumps and killed himself, and then they used crash pads for the finish. But, um... Right. There's really not that many that you can really point at, like one-on-ones. You know, again, the first two I mentioned are really like the uh, the benchmarks, I would say, for one-on-one cage of death. Right. I mean, have, have there really been any other besides the one we just mentioned, ones we just mentioned? I mean, every other one has pretty much been a multi-man, right? Like either a four-on-four, three-on-three. Mine was a four-way. Uh, yeah. I don't think there's been any other singles as far as I remember. I think Pain and Wife Beater was one in Cage of Death 3, Yeah, right? that was. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, that one And was. then I don't probably, remember what the, like first the first two three. were. Yeah. I think the first one was Justice Pain Lobo. I think number one was Justice Pain Lobo, okay. I want to say. Yeah. I don't remember what two was. I don't remember what two was. Four. Four. Actually, four was John and Lobo. Yeah. I think. That was yeah. That right, was one of my right. absolute favorites. That that whole feud, the way that that built, you know, they don't give enough credit to yeah. um, that old CZW and the feud that was built between Zandig and Lobo. Because I mean, that to me, you're still some of the best death matches I've ever seen. Where you know that no rope barbed wire and then leading to the cage of death a few months later, it just unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, the one where Lobo gets gets whipped into the ropes and then he's just hanging there because they broke that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. remember that? Jesus yep. Christ, that was fucking Deja nuts. Vu. I mean, I think I think my favorite Cage of Death hands down is still five uh, with the high five versus Team Zandy. 
Um, yeah. Probably, I think that that one just holds a special place in my heart because I I was a young boy then. Uh, mm-hmm. That I think I think that I think that was the second Cage of Death that I was backstage for. I think I was there for four, but I was still like really, really, really fresh, really, 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 really green. And then mm-hmm. five, I was actually on the show, and then. I just remember like watching that main event being like, holy shit. And like oh, yeah. actually being really scared for some of the guys in the match. Like when, when Knox, Ian Knox took his bump, I was like, Oh my God, he's dead. He's fucking dead. Yeah. And like when, uh, Dewey, when, when Dewey and Lobo and Kashmir went off the top, I was like, they're fucking dead. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, yeah. So five, five is still my favorite, I think. Yeah, five, I mean, you know, the build was so great, and, you know, to cap it off, when that structure, the presentation of that whole structure and what they put together, they haven't even come anywhere near that since. They haven't attempted to go anywhere near that since. And, um, no, that sure was, it was so a huge cool. undertaking. That was so cool. But, yeah. Oh, yeah, that, Jesus Christ. The like, ring with all the thumbtacks. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, that was so cool. All, all those bumps into the thumbtack ring, holy shit, that was awesome. Yep. Yeah, Knox took one of the craziest bumps ever because that that table just like exploded underneath him. He took it from from the cage that was hung above the ring, <laughs> yeah, to the floor, to yeah. the fucking floor. Holy shit! Oh my yeah. god! But but any yeah. a, anywho, back 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 to the uh, the main event here, which was uh, just all right. It, I mean, I, I thought it was good. I I just feel like that it, it, this came up across a little bit rushed too, and. It, Similar to the office versus the other four, the eight-man match, whatever it was, it was kind of just stuff for the sake of stuff. You know what I mean? I, I also didn't really like Ricky Shane Page's promo right before the match. Did you watch that? Did you see his promo or whatever? I don't like any whatever? Ricky Shane Page's promos. He keeps saying, like, I just know, did, sad I boys, like, nice boys, or whatever. I don't know what the fuck any of that means. It's, it doesn't sound like I just didn't like it. It, well, he basically sucked fucking Mance Warner's dick. Like, he basically just was like, like, uh, I love you, buddy. Let's go out there and have some fun. Let's let's go do this. Like, come on, man. Like, you're, this is the main event of Cage of Death. I, I understand that, like, the heat was between Ricky Shane Page and MJF. I understand. But that does, like, then guess what? As professionals, you now have to change the the direction. You still have to you still have to act like there's some sort of animosity between you because oh, of yeah. the, because of the prize, because of the fucking prize that's on the line here. You know what I mean? Like I want this more than you, Matt. So unfortunately I like you personally, buddy, but if you get in my fucking way, I will slit your fucking throat to get that title. And that's the promo that you cut leading into the main event at cage of death. Not all smiles, not uh, this, that, and the other thing. Let's have some fun. We can roll. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? And again, this I don't want to take anything away from Ricky Shane. He's a great guy, super nice guy. I think he's a good worker. Could definitely, you know, also find the weight room, uh, you know, along with some other people in the company. But sure. again, this this is the shit that the crowd accepts. So people aren't going to better themselves if the crowd likes you the way you are. Yeah. And that's all there is to it. Um, as far as, uh, the match, I liked the match quite a bit. I, I thought it was really good, especially for something that came together like a month before for these guys to, you know, put it together like that. Um, I, I thought they did a lot of crazy shit. Um, a little weird. They, I think did. they only they did, the did one bump off the top, right? 
Yeah, yeah, I think that was the big thing. Anyway, there's there's a lot of glass, a lot of glass shattering and shit like that. I I didn't like that. Like literally ten seconds into the match, they broke panes of glass. It's like just could you build just a little bit? Like yeah, I don't mean you don't have to tie up and take a wrist lock, but like just build to the fucking bump a little bit, not just shatter, shatter. We're bleeding. Here we go. Come on, man. Just come on. This, that's the storytelling shit that I'm talking about. Yeah. Um. The, the one thing I were I wondered about the glass, and I, I've wondered this a lot over the years, because you know sometimes it's crystal clear, and other times it looks like they spilled milk on that shit before they came out there. Like, what? What is with the filthy fucking glass? Like, there's no bottle of Windex in the back. <laughs> it's like making shit look good on camera. Like, I don't understand. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I didn't particularly notice that, but I know what you mean. And I, I guess the mentality is we're just going to break this thing anyway, so let's let's not waste the Windex or fucking effort, I guess. I don't know. Um, but, uh, I mean, I know what you're saying. I didn't notice it, though. Um, and then, you know, as far as what you're saying is, as with heat and stuff, um, I, I got to tell you, like, as far as a fan, like, if we were, if I was sitting there, you know, and, and somebody else, because, you know, back before the internet was, like, crazy, crazy, you know, some people were just a little more in the know than others, and they'd be like, hey, you know, the fucking guy's music's hitting, and you're like, yo, these guys have heat. That, you couldn't get more hype for a fucking match to know that these le- guys legitimately didn't fucking like each other. Sure, sure. You know, that that suddenly you're like, oh, shit. I mean, this shit can go. This shit can go down. Like every strike, you're looking if like if if you laid it in a little more stiff or you know something, something is hitting a little harder than usual, and you're like, fuck yeah! Like you're you're so into the match because you had that just a little bit of belief that these fucking guys didn't <laughs> right. like each other, and now like they ride yeah, in man. the same car, wear each other's shirts to the fucking ring, you know, they're fucking best uh, friends on Instagram and shit. It's like what the fuck is going I, on? And you know what? I, I hate all that, dude. I mean, that goes back to what I was saying about kayfabe being dead and everybody just embracing the fact that kayfabe is dead. It's only dead because you're letting it be. You know what I mean? And when I say you're, I mean the boys and the girls and the workers and everybody involved in the business. The only reason kayfabe is dead is because you you fucking buried it. Um, and, and, and I can only speak on behalf of myself and, and go back to Cage Death 16 when it was me versus G's versus Gulak versus Biff Busick. Um, going back to what you were just saying about heat and believability, that was probably the last time that there was a, a good build to the Cage Death main event, and a lot of people were involved in that. The people who produced the video packages, um, the promos that we did leading up to it, the story that we told for over a year between Gulak winning the title and then Biff taking it and then me taking it and then ultimately G taking it for me at Cage of Death. In that Cage of Death match, that four-way between us, all four of us love each other. And I mean that in the, in the least gay way possible. We are all very good friends. We all care about each other very much. I would take a bullet for any of those guys in a second. But boy, if we didn't fucking convince everybody that we all had fucking heat. And, and mm-hmm. perhaps you didn't believe that personally, but everyone else did. <laughs> wow. You know what I mean? And there's no way you could watch that match and think for a second that we liked each other personally or professionally. You know? And that's just the fucking difference between the fucking pros and everybody else. 
And I will pat myself on the back. I don't give a fuck. I have nothing to gain. I have no one to impress. I have no politics to play. You can suck my dick. But, you know, that's just the difference between now and then, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's, your, um, what's, your take on, what's your take on Mance Werner? I never even fucking heard of this guy, and he's the CCW fucking world champion. He's like yeah. a doubt. He's a dollar store Jay Briscoe mixed with Drake. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think he's good. Um, Jeremy, a uh, friend of the show, he, um, he's he been putting this guy over for a while, and I never really saw it because I, I really don't watch wrestling. So I really didn't have like, I mean, a he catalog. Was funny. I, thought he was, I thought he was funny. Uh, I mean, I thought his promo was funny. I think he's a funny guy, but like, I don't know about world champion material. Yeah, I mean, he, he's been around the you know, IWA Mid-South for a while, so he's been doing, you know, main event and over there for <clears> a while. He, he's wrestled a good, you know, amount of known guys and stuff like that. So I, I think he's pretty proven that way. To the CZW crowd, I don't think he was nearly over enough to be world champion. I think that's a little crazy. Nope. But they're left with nothing. What are they going to – they can go back to Ricky Shane Page, which I don't think that was even what they were planning on doing because why wouldn't they just give it to him over Mance Warner? if they were going to do that with right. MJF in a cage, you know, so it's like they can go back to Ricky Shane page, but they didn't really know what to do with it last time, pulled it off them right away. Um, so I, I think this was just like, all right, what the fuck do we do? All right, we'll just go with this guy. And this is another guy yeah. that um, him and Brandon Kirk both had bookings on GCW and pulled off last minute and GCW was all pissed off and, and it became like DJ had him do that. DJ had him do that for something about tournament of death and this and that. So um, they weren't like double booked on that day, but he just wanted them off the show. So they, they pull, both pulled off the show. Brandon Kirk has since gone back to GCW just recently, but um, Mance never has as far as I know. So he's along the way did DJ a favor by pulling off a show he didn't want him on. So I know he was at right. least in the good graces of DJ through that move alone. So maybe he did promise him, Hey, we'll give you the belt at some point. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a hundred percent possible. And, uh, you know, like many conspiracies, we'll never know the actual truth. Um, but putting the belt on this guy, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm not going to follow it. I don't care, but personally it's insulting. Uh, professionally it's insulting because, Again, man, I, I can only speak for myself and on behalf of myself and guys like Black G's and Drew Gulak and, and Matt Tremont and because those those names I just mentioned, we fucking worked very hard for a decade or more to achieve that 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 title um of champion and, and to achieve to, to to make it so that it was even believable for any of us to, to excel to that level. We worked really hard in the fucking gym. We worked really hard in the ring and at the training school. Uh, I, I owe a lot of credit to Drew Gulak for, for suggesting a lot of things to me and, and, and um, whipping me into shape and, and telling me what to do and, and giving me a lot of pointers. You know, we all worked very fucking hard to get that coveted prize and, and to hold that pride because it meant so much to us. And when you just throw the goddamn title around all willy-nilly, and now, like, I see that title that I had and I, I coveted so much on the shoulder of this fucking guy, I'm like, well, 
that's a that's a slap in my fucking face. You know what I mean? Because he did not and will not put the time in in the gym that I did to look the way that I did in 2014. I don't look that way anymore. I'm doing the best I can to look like that again. But you know, as as you know, being a dad is you, you tend to get a little bit of the dad bod. Neither here nor there. I can't. I can't. But, uh, with that, but. The, 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 no, yeah, you don't know what that's like. You don't know what that's like because you look like a fucking, uh, you know, uh, like a fucking supreme being, you son of a bitch. But anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, I got three kids. There, so. No, you do, you do, but uh, you, you're obsessed. You're a fucking, you're a maniac. So uh, <laughs> you're, you're part cat, so that doesn't fucking count, you asshole. Yeah, but um, <laughs> but no, you know what I'm saying? Like Ma- Mance Warner is not going to put in the time or the effort that any of us did to look like a fucking pro wrestler or, or, or anything that I just mentioned. And, and it sucks. It fucking well, sucks. It's, it's, you know, it's like looking at the house you grew up in burned down. You know what I mean? It's like watching your childhood home burn down. I, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but I mean, as far as like yeah. looking like a wrestler, how, how many of the people on that roster overall are looking like a fucking wrestler? So, oh, for sure, I mean, for sure, and and I know that you're not saying that as an excuse. You're not you're not saying that to excuse it. You're just saying, look, look at it for what it is. And I know what you mean. And and to say you know, well, Mance isn't going to hit the gym. Well, neither is ninety percent of that roster. So what do we give like fucking right? All right, well, we're either going to give Jesus that's a why belt. Silver. No, or no, maybe that, that's silver. why Silver gets the belt. Yeah, that, or that's Kid what Osborne's I'm saying. That's <laughs> so yeah, I got a yeah, three-way for the title. I don't give a shit. Three yeah, I would rather Kid have Osborne it. have it. Guess what? <laughs> Kid Osborne's been there ten years. Give him the fucking belt. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. Knock yourself out. He could be CZW's Daniel Bryan. There you go. Well, honestly, <laughs> I mean, as far as Kit goes, like that's who the fuck should be fighting for the wire title, not this fucking kid who's eighty-five pounds and you know just started wrestling last year or whenever he started, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's. Uh, I, I think Kit should be in some some form of running for a belt, but it it should be something like that. You know, there, there should people, even even the um Shane Strickland all of that shit match. Why isn't that for the fucking wired title? I I don't know. I I do not know, man. And and, and even you know even going back to that match, it's like ha- having somebody like Richie back. I I don't know what that adds to the show. Like. I feel like Richie's one of those guys that has done all that there is to do in CZW. Sure, he's never been the world champion or anything, but that crowd has seen everything that Richie has to offer. You know what I mean? So, you know, just having him go out there and, and, and have that sort of nonsense three-way honestly just made you dig deeper into your pockets. You know what I mean? It just you had to dig deeper into your pockets for everybody involved. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I, I don't even see uh, what they have going forward from this. I mean, they got, um, you know, Red and Gangone up against the rep. And and then it's just yeah. a, a complete blank slate from what I can see off the cage of death. Yeah, I mean, just, just looking back at the card here, I mean, I, I'm assuming Jordan Oliver will defend the wire title against somebody and, and you know, continue to be undefeated in, in CZW for some fucking reason. Um, rep, rep, get rep versus Gangone and Red. Uh, that should be pretty good. Uh, Anthony Green will probably take on I don't know who because that wasn't for anything either. Uh, mm-hmm. 
Layla Hirsch will probably beat, you know, she'll, she'll probably beat Lefisto next month or some fucking stupid shit that won't make any sense. Um, Gacy, uh, who knows? Like we said, he should probably leave just for a while, just to make the make the fans miss him a little bit, or, or honestly, never come back. Because again, what what what's there left for Gacy to do? Um, so I think, in my personal opinion, Silver should wrestle Mance next month and beat him for the title, um, and and just be the champion going forward. Uh, I don't know what comes out of that office match versus uh, Manic, Lloyd, Dan, and Mitch. Um, obviously, I, I don't think Tremont will be back. Uh, DJ should never be on the show. I don't think no. Masada will be back, and cer- certainly Onita is not coming back. Um, so, so what what that leaves for for next month? Like you said, who the fuck knows? Because you know, who, I don't know who Mance is going to wrestle. I don't know if MJF will be better by then. I don't know what his injury is. Or how long mm-hmm. he's going to be out? Um, yeah. But yeah, no, like, like you said, I I would think at Cage of Death you would want to set up a bunch of shit going into the new year. But well, I don't know why would you why would you want your show to flow? Why would you want your product to? Why would you want to book your product well like that? I mean, that's just crazy, right? Yeah, and even the lack of the amount of promos going into Cage of Death to me is r- just ridiculous. I mean, I remember back two thousand one. It was all VHS. People actually had to own a camera. They didn't have a phone that did that shit. And there was a promo for every single match on a CZW show. Yeah, like I, yes, there was. I, I can't imagine why it's impossible for anyone to pull out their smartphone that's all HD and all of that shit and film promos for at least every match on, on a big show, at least, at the very least. It's, it's crazy to me. I... I mean, a, 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 like you said, man. Like we're we're all walking around with cameras in our pockets now, and it's it's easier to get. Like it used to be difficult to to transfer the shit onto a computer and edit it, and you know, put it on a DVD or upload it to the internet or whatever. You know, that used to be a process and be difficult. Now it's literally you just beam the motherfucker onto your computer, like you warp the shit onto your computer. Boom, it's yeah. done. And and you're you're walking around with a high definition camera in your pocket. So like you said, there's absolutely no excuse. Um I can tell you for sure, you know, promos have been I mean without having anybody in production in the back or uh a backstage agent to sort of supervise and say do that again, that wasn't very good. Um th- that that shows. That shows because it, you know, uh, like Rob Dimension was helping a lot around 2013, 14, 15. And, like, if, if I cut a promo and it wasn't good, you'd be like, all right, let's do that again. You, you stuttered a little bit here. It, it came across a little bit weak. Uh, let's try this. Maybe say this. And we would do it as many times as we fucking needed to do it until it was passable. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, nah, nah, there's none of that anymore. It's just like, we're going to go out there and hug and kiss, and it's going to be great. You know, and who cares? But, uh, yeah, you know, well, and... How could you have anybody... How could you have anybody, like, going over promos and figuring out what's good and what's not when Matt Tremont's got to be the best promo guy in CCW and DJ managed <laughs> to put together an 11-minute segment between the two of them that couldn't be a bigger pile of shit. 
So, like, who else <laughs> in the company is going to be told, and by who? Like, hey, like, we should cut this down, or, like, did, that went terribly. Like, anything. I mean, that right. that's the owner of the company was like, this is what we're going to push the fucking the cage of death with, is, is this. Yeah, I mean, I can't believe that – I didn't watch it. I remember you told me about it. But I can't believe that anybody would produce that and then – like, I mean, did they just not watch it back right then when they did it to see, like, yeah, this works, this will be good. Like, in, in a time where the average fan, and not just the average fan, but the average person has an attention span of, like, seven seconds, you know what I mean? Like, if, if they're watching a video clip and it's not amusing or entertaining or interesting in the first seven seconds, they just keep scrolling or they go to the next thing. Like, who the fuck did you think was going to pay attention for 11 minutes? Of shitty dialogue. You know what I mean? Oh, so and guess crazy. what? I, I realize this sounds like a big fucking pissy pants party and, and I'm shitting on everything. I'm not. You know what I mean? I'm not fucking complaining. This shit's just the truth, man. And if you don't like it, go fucking fuck yourself. Because, like, <laughs> I don't like to hear the truth about myself either sometimes when it's bad. But anytime you can shame somebody, it only helps them. You know what I mean? Like, if you want to break somebody's balls about being fat or something like that, and that's the catalyst that makes them start to go to the gym and lose weight, then you did that person a fucking favor, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just trying to encourage everybody to get fucking better. Hold yourself to a higher standard. Work harder. Push past the fucking 40% where you normally give up. You know what I mean? Like, Mm-hmm. I, I'm not some fucking motivational speaker. Just try harder. Understand yeah. that bleeding in a match doesn't make it good. You know what I mean? Sometimes you have to do more than bleed to call the match good. So just fucking try harder, everybody. Please. That's my message to you. Try harder. I know it's in you. Work fucking hard. You can do it. Yeah. And that's that's the thing that I try to put out every week when I do this show. I, I'm the most critical motherfucker you'll find on podcasts because <laughs> I, I I legitimately saw and and popped and fucking marked out for for shit that I was really into about CCW. CCW was my shit. Like people had that ECW, you know, that was their heyday. That was their favorite time in wrestling. For me, it was CCW. It really got me more into wrestling than I was ever into. That that early 2000s was just the best fucking thing that I could have witnessed live ever. And, you know, not everybody was Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero on the cards and as far as wrestling. But it all came together. People found their places. Um, they knew how to pop the crowd. There was different things that went well. And I go back over and over to this. But even the packages that were put together before the shows. This was VHS. They were chopping clips together from the month before to show the crowd before the show the next month, you know, and now technology is better. And it's like, no, no, I can't do that. The lack of effort on CZW's part is, is so tremendous. And, and to, to just be blind to that and be like, no, you don't know. No, DJ invented wrestling. It's better. It was all death matches back then. It's like, <laughs> you're a fucking asshole. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like I watched this shit. I, I what the fuck, man? You're you're 100% right, man. And guess what? You and I both fell in love with the same thing. And 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 the only and, and the part where we split was, it motivated me enough to want to do it. 
And, like, literally, the first show that I attended for CCW was Cage Death 3. In December of 2001, I was in the audience. Uh, I can point myself out to you if need be. And Mm -hmm. that was all it took for me, man. Like, I went to that show, and then for about four or five months, I attended shows because I was really into it. And by that May, I was training. I was a sophomore in college, and by that May of 2002, at that point, I was training to, to be a part of CZW. And mm-hmm. obviously the rest is history. Everybody knows the, the, the rest of the fucking story. But uh, I, I'm with you, man. Like, that shit pumped me up. It motivated me. It was the only thing I was interested in. Once I, once I started at CZW, I stopped watching WWE because I didn't even care. And, yeah. uh, you know, it, it, it's all that I wanted to do. And, um, but like you said, those video packages were the shit. And like, dude, honest to God, even if they just put together video clips now and set it to 2000, 2001, 2002 Disturbed songs, it would still be (laughs) awesome. Like just use the same fucking Disturbed songs that they used back in the day. I don't give a fuck. It will work. It'll work again. So just try it. Just try it. Like, the formula was there. Just try it again. And just, you know, I'm not necessarily saying that that will make the attendance go back up to 800 every every month, but it, it's a start. Just go back to what worked. But that 100% served as the, um, you know, the pep rally or the cheerleaders before the show. Like, how many openers were just on fire because the crowd was so amped and that had a big part to do with that crowd starting out as hot as possible. And then sometimes they'd play another rollout package coming out of intermission and you'd be like, Oh shit, here we go. Second half. And, you know, and you kept yeah. that crowd on fire. Now it's just like, let's start out with fucking hoping for the best. And you know, Half the yeah. time these, these crowds are quiet and the wrestlers are going, well, fans are sitting on their hands, so that's why the show sucks. It's like, yeah, we got to work together here, guys. <laughs> like, you got to give them something <laughs> to make them want something. Like, it, but yeah, and I do. mean, it, it it helps if they know who the fuck is in the opener too. You know what I mean? Like, it helps it helps if they know who it is, and you know, the guys in the opener don't look like they just got up from the the audience and jump the guardrail you know what i mean well they told you who they were in that rap song you just had to listen to the lyrics oh shit you... yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, how stupid of me how how silly of me they're young dumb and broke oh and, and and how long before the fucking girl in that group leaves those assholes too by the way like come on <laughs> like i've been around the block one too many times now to know that it's just a matter of time before she starts fucking uh you know everybody but uh <laughs> but uh, ho- hopefully not for his case. Ho- hopefully not for the one that she's uh, dating or whatever. You know. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, man. So overall, any uh, closing thoughts on this? Because uh, we're we're about done time wise. So. Uh... Yeah, yeah, we are done time wise. But uh, no, nah, man. It, if it sounds like I thought everything was bad, I didn't think so. I, I I don't think everything was bad. I think that there was redeemable aspects of every match. I think there was a lot of people that did really well. Uh, I mean, j- just just looking at it, like I said, I like Navarro. I think Oliver needs work. Uh, I, I thought the blackout thing was too short, but I love everybody involved in that match. Uh, I like Anthony Green and David Starr. I thought that was the best match on the show. Uh, Layla Hirsch is probably going to be really good. She just needs to get the, way, uh, get the fuck away from DJ. Uh, Mercedes will be great till the end of time. Uh, Reynolds and Gacy was good. 
uh, a, a little bit too much bullshit in that match, but it was good. Uh, the three-way I didn't watch. Who gives a fuck? And then I think we discussed the three hardcore matches at length. And, right. uh, you know, like I said, I, I just want everybody to work harder and get better and, and, and stop, stop stop worrying about the Internet so much and just do your thing. Just just do the thing that you love. Do the thing that you have passion for. And, and let's, let's, let's all work together to make this better again. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I'm critical about things because I've seen what I liked and a lot of what I'm seeing is what I don't like. Um, I'm kind of checked out of wrestling and watching shows on a regular basis, so every once in a while I'll watch one of these for the sake of the show. And uh, so that's that's, sure, uh, that's definitely my last show of the year. I'm not <laughs> I'm not watching another fucking wrestling show. <laughs> Which is only a couple right weeks, on, but man. not going to be sooner than that. Um, so right yeah, on, man, right uh, Another uh, another wrap up, uh, another review in the in the books. Uh, it's been a lot of fun as always, man. And uh, we'll have to do yes, some sir. kind of you know, a couple me. months talk about some other random shit besides Cage of Death. Yeah, uh, absolutely, man. It's it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, thanks for having me on. It's always fun. Uh, I'm I'm gonna get started on next year's graphic right away. Uh, we'll figure <laughs> out what that's gonna be. <laughs> I feel I feel like I get as excited about making the graphic as I do about talking about the show. So uh, yeah. So but yeah, like I said, man. Thanks. It's always fun. And uh, yeah, can't wait to do it again, man. Yeah, you do a better job on that graphic than CZW does with their monthly graphic. So uh, nothing was uh, spelled. Well. Everything came together. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they don't set the bar too high, so it's not that hard. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, man, so, uh, yeah, man, take care. Yes, sir. Be good, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Absolutely, man. Peace. Peace. So there you go. There's Sozio. Uh, just want to give quick shout outs. THT Podcast and Shaheen over there. Uh, Jeremy, with, I got you five stars. Check him out. Big shout out to Russell, man. Help me out big time around the holidays. Uh, shout out to Eric. Um, you know, motherfuckers are, came through a little bit for me. You know what I mean? And, and I really, really appreciate that. Uh, I, I can't thank you enough. And uh makes a big difference to me. So anybody else, you know, you listening, fucking just, just keep listening. Um, you know, motherfuckers aren't always going to like what I have to say. But, you know, I'm 100% genuine. Um not like a lot of these motherfuckers out there that just want to blow wrestlers and try to sound like the biggest fan ever and then get pats on the head because they're a fan. Uh, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Uh, I don't want to be respected as a fan. I want to be respected as a man. And uh, if you look at what I do and what I put together in my life and my passion for the things that I'm passionate about, um, I think you can respect that. And if not, go fuck yourself. So talk to you later. Peace. Talk to you all later. Have a nice night. Stay dry. It's raining again. Tired as rain. Makes my grass green. I won't complain about that. That's all I gotta say. I'm out of here. I love all of y'all and, uh, shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You've been in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I'll listen to your, to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean?
You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So, what I make you? Good. Like Jesus tell me, tells me all the time to listen to what you gotta say because you be blazing people. And I'm like, well, I gotta hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth. Even when I lie. The Jews are just radio. Jesus! A sacred night to the bad guy. I'm gonna tell you something straight off the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no food. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.